Hi everyone, so this is just going to be a very quick unedited podcast because I'm seeing Star Wars. Well, my friend's picking me up in like 15 minutes. Um, but Cynthia, a bunch at lunch, asked me to record myself saying my presentation that I did at the conference today as it was about Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. So I'm just going to do that. Um, I'm not going to play the clips, obviously, but I'll just say what clips I did. So I'm literally just going to read it. So here we go. Hi everyone, so today I'm going to be discussing bisexuality in Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. Representation and diversity in television has come a long way over the last few years. More shows than ever are portraying characters of varying sexualities and depicting same-sex relationships. There's still a long way to go when it comes to accurate portrayal of LGBT characters in the media, but there's definitely been a spike over the last few years, especially in gay characters. When it comes to bisexuality, however, there's still a lot lacking. It's a constantly erased sexual orientation and is almost non-existent in film and television. Often, a character who has been shown in relationships with both men and women will have a throwaway comment about not liking labels, which only works to add to bi-erasure. Today, I'm going to argue that the portrayal of bisexuality in Crazy Ex-Girlfriend is the most important and positive bi-representation out there so far. Crazy Ex-Girlfriend is an American television show created by Rachel Bloom and Alain Brosh McKenna, centred around a woman who has an nervous breakdown and moves across the country for a man she dated when she was 16. The show could very well be defined as a musical comedy. The lead character, Rebecca Bunch, sings about her life throughout, and comedy is prevalent. However, it's a lot darker than it initially appears, as she's living with borderline personality disorder, and the show goes deep on important topics, such as suicide attempts, mental illness and alcoholism, to name a few. Bloom and McKenna cleverly mix comedy with darkness and represent and approach a broad range of topics which are often overlooked and stigmatised in media. And as one might expect from a show written and created by women, feminism is a big theme throughout, but luckily for us today, so is sexuality. Rebecca's boss, Daryl Whitefeather, played by Pete Gardner, is first introduced as a recently divorced father, seeking joint custody of his daughter. His character arc in the first half of season one centres mainly around that, leading into him trying to make friends to get over his loneliness. His potential bisexuality does not come to light until episode 10, when he throws a party and one of the other men who attends, White Josh, kisses him on the cheek on the way out, leading to him questioning the action on what this might mean. From this point forward, we see him grappling with the desire to pinpoint his sexuality and figure out why he feels attraction towards a gay man when he was previously married and had a child with a woman. Over the course of a few episodes, Darrell comes to realise that he is, in fact, bisexual. According to Bisexuality, a critical reader, the word bisexuality became widely used in the early 20th century, suggested by the fact the third edition of Studies in the Psychology of Sex, published in 1915, uses bisexuality to describe the desire for both men and women. Critical readers added to Mel's thought states, the author indicates that in this he is following the popular usage of the time. Going off of this, we can easily assume that bisexuality has been a recognised sexual orientation for over a century now, yet it's still underrepresented in almost all forms of media. A big breakthrough regarding human sexuality came in 1948, when Alfred C. Kinsey published Sexual Behaviour in the Human Male, and after researching sexual desire in multiple men, and later on in women as well, created what is today known as the Kinsey Scale. In layman's terms, the Kinsey Scale is a sliding scale of sexuality, as you can see here, and then I pointed to it, but you can't see it, so you know, um, numbered from 0 to 6. 
The scale maps out the fluidity of sexuality, with zero being exclusively heterosexual, six being exclusively homosexual, and three in the middle representing bisexuality, while one, two, four and five suggest that it's very much possible to experience homosexual and heterosexual desires without those necessarily being in equal measure. Everyone is said to fall somewhere on the Kinsey scale, which seems to have resulted in a lot of modern television shows and films designed to portray characters in same-sex relationships, but never pinpointing their exact sexual identity. It would be easy enough for a character who has dated both men and women to come forward and say they are bisexual, but shows like Orange is the New Black, Empire and The Hundred depict characters that are attracted to multiple genders but never address it thoroughly or use the word bisexual, on any level at all for that matter. I don't like labels is the sort of comment used in television often these days and is a big get out of jail free card in modern representation. It's used to avoid openly addressing orientation and although not wanting to label oneself might be the case for some people, it can be damaging in terms of representation. As Fritz Klein puts it in the bisexual option, labelling is a tried and true method of eliminating the threats of uncertainty, ambiguity, fear. The erasure of the bisexual identity is huge even today because people refuse to label it and therefore struggle to understand it. Without proper representation, people can easily begin to feel alienated. Not seeing bisexuality properly represented in television allows people to feel like it isn't normal, which only serves to further erase bisexuality from the LGBT narrative. Klein goes on to say, to most heterosexual and homosexuals, the bisexual is an alien being whose dual sexuality opens up the possibility of their own sexual ambiguity. Bisexuality is often treated as if it's the inability to choose. Heterosexuals and homosexuals alike often disregard bisexuality, writing it off as indecision. This is not the case, and better representation allows people to better understand it. Crazy Ex-Girlfriend really hits the nail on the head when it comes to assuring audiences that bisexuality is as real and valid as any other sexuality, and Daryl's coming out story is a very important character arc. When he first approaches Josh about kissing him on the cheek and finds out the other man is gay, he starts off by protesting that he can't be gay because he's recently divorced. I like women, he says. I like sleeping with women. I like the way that they smell. I like the feel of their skin. I like their bird-like voices. I mean, does that sound gay? To which Josh responds, nope, sounds like a serial killer. He's very dead set in the fact he used to be married to a woman and was very much in love with her, and he's therefore confused about his feelings for this other man. He brushes Josh off, declaring that there's no possible way he can be gay because he likes women. The following clip takes place right after this exchange, and as you'll see, is the first glimpse into Daryl realising he may in fact be bisexual. And then I played the clip at the um, Mumba class where he's checking out the guys and girls' asses and then he's like, could I be? And then everyone's saying bye. I love that scene so much. People thought it was so funny. I was like, yes, I approve this audience. Already, we can see that this is a very positive outlook with regards to bisexuality. Although Daryl started off by denying he could possibly be anything other than straight, that realisation that he's attracted to both sexes is a big breakthrough. In terms of character development, it's a big important step and a very realistic portrayal of discovering one's sexual identity in the real world. Daryl slowly comes to terms with himself and realises who he is over a period of time. He works his way through his confusion into inevitably coming out and embracing his sexuality and who he really is. Not too, t not too long later, he says, I'm not gay. I like both sexes. I'm a both sexual. Oh god, it feels so good to say that out loud. It's Josh who tells him the term is bisexual, and they then share their first kiss. 
had Bloom and McKenna simply gone by the Kinsey scale and examples from other television shows, Crazy Ex-Girlfriend could easily have had the two men kiss without ever addressing Darrell's potential label or sexual orientation. It would have been very easy to brush the term bisexuality aside and decide they were going to be together and he didn't want to label it. But instead, they chose to have him come to terms with the fact that he is a bisexual man progressing into a relationship with a gay man. Despite his initial hesitance on the subject, Darrell decides he's ready to be open with his sexuality. By episode 12, we see him loudly shout, I am bisexual, I am going for drinks with this gay man whom I have a crush on, in public, when Josh worries that he's embarrassed to be going on a date with a member of the same sex. Crazy X embraces and understands the need for labels, drawing attention to the fact that Daryl is a bisexual man is a huge step in the right direction. It shows that bisexuality is real, valid, and can easily be depicted in healthy ways on television. In a world where biphobia and bi-erasure are still at large, both on television and in the real world, it's important to show bisexual characters entering into healthy relationships and maintaining that sexual identity. Whereas other shows previously mentioned may have had good intentions with their portrayal and may simply be trying to allow people to draw their own conclusions regarding character sexualities, the use of this label is what makes Crazy Ex-Girlfriend such a wonderful and important piece of television and helps to prove that this is the most important piece of bi-representation out there so far. No other show represents bisexuality so openly and positively. No other show seems so willing to outright say, here is this character, they are bisexual and that is okay. Side note, I wrote this before the whole Brooklyn Nine-Nine thing, so there is that. <laughs> the next clip I'm going to play is a section from Daryl's coming out song, which is called Getting By. <coughs> After realising and embracing his sexuality, he wants to let all of his employees know that he's made a big discovery about himself, and he's eager to share this piece of information with everyone around him, so that they can embrace him too. He calls a meeting, and starts off by nervously telling everyone he wants to share something with them. He says he wants to tell them all with pride and excitement and a lot of pride, and then the song starts. The first half of the song, which I'm not going to play for you today, includes lines like, I like ladies and I like guys, I realise it's a surprise, but now I see that that's just me, it's not like I even try, and I'm letting my bi flag fly. Both of these lines and the song as a whole could be summed up simply as, being bisexual is okay. The song is a very open and proud song. He's become so proud of who he is, and this has, in fact, since been used on Bi Pride floats at the LA Pride Parade because it's such an empowering bisexual anthem. I'm going to play the second half of the song and then discuss why the lyrics are so important in terms of bi rep. And then I played from, I'll tell you what, being bi does not imply that, not, that you're a player or a slut up until the end. And everyone seemed to, like, I don't know, I thought they found the whole thing really funny. And... There were people who were like giggling, but everyone seemed to dig the um, it doesn't take an intellectual to get that I'm bisexual, and I was like, yes, this is what we're here for. I mean, I guess because it's like a conference of English students and teachers, it like tickled them. I don't know. Side note on that, one of my favourite moments today was um, when one of the teachers started talking about apostrophes and then she was like this one's for you punctuation nerds or something that's what she said yeah i'm pretty sure that's what she said and i was like yes i i am represented here anyway going on from that now that we've watched the clip i want to pick out some of the lyrics and for me the most important one is it's not a phase i'm not confused sadly that's a big assumption when it comes to bisexuality Bloomstein and Schwartz pinpoint this in bisexuality, some social psychological issues, by saying, Sometimes they were told that heterosexual attractions were only a cop-out or an aspect of false consciousness, 
that unwilling to come to grips with being a homosexual. People still treat bisexuality like it's another term for confusion, but it isn't. The dictionary definition of bisexuality is sexual attraction to both men and women, which brings me back to the first line of the song, I like ladies and I like guys. It's such a powerful opening statement, having him outright say that he's bisexual. Between that line and the not fair is not confused line, this song sums up everything that's good about the representation in Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. Dara's open and happy with his sexuality. He's not embarrassed about it, he knows he's not just confused, and the writers make sure the audience are aware that it's okay to be comfortable and confident in your sexuality. No other television show has yet to be so open and honest about being bisexual. Again, except Brooklyn Nine-Nine, but for God's sake, I started this over a month ago, so don't kill me. To conclude, Chris ex-girlfriend takes every misconception about bisexuality and explains why it's incorrect. The writers understand the importance of labels and why we need better bi-representation in the media. If more television shows portrayed bisexual characters in the same way a crazy ex-girlfriend does and allowed their characters to be open and honest with their labels and identities, people would have a much better understanding of what it means to be bi. Representation helps people to feel okay with who they are because they see that they're not alone, but it also helps to normalise things for other people. The more healthy bi-representation there is out there, the less bisexuality will be erased. Crazy Ex-Girlfriend has given a voice to the bisexual members of the LGBT community and by a healthy character arc and upbeat song, told people that there's absolutely nothing wrong with being bisexual. It's not a phase, people aren't confused, it's as real and valid as any other sexuality out there. And I hope in time, more shows on television choose to represent bisexuality in such a positive and uplifting way. Thanks for listening. And um, yeah, that's the end of the paper. So it's 15 minutes and... Um, it was funny because the next, the person who went after me, uh, was talking about, um, sexuality in Pretty Little Liars, and then she, like, prefaced it by being like, uh, I'm, I'm not trying to go against anything Vicky just said, and I was like, what? And it was literally, because she had a whole thing about, um, like, the shitty portrayal of LGBT and how we need to cling to, like, any kind of portrayal, even if it's, like, not given a label. And someone did ask me about it at the end, um, basically because she was like, um, saying that she doesn't label herself, and I just sort of said, um, I get that there are people who don't want to label themselves, but as far as, um, bi-erasure and bi-representation goes, it is important that people are given a voice. I mean, there's definitely not enough rep, like, obviously that was very, um, I only really talked about homo, hetero, and bisexuality because that was all it was in like the um, the critical theory I looked at. But there's really not enough rep of anyone in the um, LGBT community. Like, when do we see even like outside of uh, lesbian, gay, bi, trans? You never see like. Um, non-binary people or pansexual people or like it's just very underrepresented and I think going forward people need to embrace that not everyone is a cisgendered heterosexual person and yeah um I had that question and someone also asked well it was the same person actually she was like I've never seen the show does the um comedy take away from like these serious aspects and then I was feeling really 
on the spot because um she was like because this four of us went in this panel and she was asking me questions and i was like you can just ask the other people um but she said that and i was like well that's your career and rachel bloom said that um comedy and darkness what did i say no, uh, Rachel Bloom said that comedy writers tend to be really dark people and comedy and darks kind of go hand in hand and um, the comedy definitely doesn't distract from these serious issues it just kind of helps you to deal with them um, I thought I knew what I was talking about but I'm pretty sure I didn't although she kind of accepted that as my answer <laughs> but yeah, um, part of me still wishes I did uh, mental illness in Crazy X but we had to have the briefs in like um, when was it? It was before I went to LA so it was before the BPD storyline um, but next year when we have to do uh, our final major project um, it's like it's basically um, a dissertation but it's called final major project because we have to do two things a 5,000 word creative writing piece and a 5,000 word critical piece and I know uh, a friend of mine did hers on um, what did she do? it was something like masculinity in Downton Abbey or something like that so I know you can do TV um, so I'm definitely gonna do something to do with Crazy X so it will probably be the portrayal of mental illness I get a I, I try to like because I know I tweet about Crazy X a lot and I try to like differentiate the things I tweet about from my real life if that makes sense like I get all my Crazy X-ness because <laughs> that's a word um, out on Twitter and then in real life I'm like mildly normal but then I really enjoy writing about it because it resonates so deeply with me and means such a lot to me and it has saved my life and I do connect with Rebecca on a really deep level and I do want to like cry and thank Rachel and Eileen for like 24 hours non-stop wow because that's not a weird thing to say I can't even like erase this because I'm just filming it like filming it look I'm tired I literally woke up from a nap and I was like I'm gonna do this now because Cynthia asked me to so, forget everything I just said, other than the presentation bit. Um, so that's that. It went well. I drank like six cups of coffee, so I was too hyper to be nervous. Hyper, I mean, I was like really... I also took like, um... Because I take my regular meds at like 5pm, so I was like, I don't want to be okay. So I took like, um, herbal over-the-counter anxiety relief stuff twice this morning so I took like four pills and like six clips of coffee so I just kind of got through it and I wasn't in the first panel it was in the second panel and um the person before me did Fifty Shades of Grey and then it was me and then Pretty Little Liars then American Horror Story it was like such a mixed bag um but I just felt pretty comfortable it also wasn't as big as I thought I thought we'd be in like a massive auditorium of like a hundred people and there's maybe like 30 people watching um, and yeah I think it went well I don't know when I get feedback um, but I'm hoping I got a good grade on it I'm pretty content with what I wrote and thinking on it like 
I'm still really happy like when I was tweeting about the last episode and I was like love is dead I'm like I'm okay with it now even if they don't get back together I feel like it was a very important character arc and I like I love them I love them together but I think Daryl figuring out his sexuality was more important and I think <clears throat> sorry I have cups <laughs> and I think that um it's important that the show shows that people have these differences and you shouldn't stay with someone if they don't want the same things you want um i'm rambling now and my friend is meant to be picking me up at 11:45, and it's 11:46, so i'm gonna stop this now and try and upload this before i leave um i'll record another podcast soon-ish i plan to anyway but it may be after christmas because i'll be going back to my parents house and i have like really bad anxiety about people overhearing um me doing things like this so we'll see but um thanks for listening uh this went on a ramble okay bye